Good evening, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode one one two. What a fun seven days it's been for us Roma fans after the November international break. Things are looking rosy again. Three wins in seven days in two different competitions, and no goals conceded. Uh, with me tonight, all the way from Stockholm, Sweden, Imran. How are we? We're good, thank you. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a cold evening with minus degrees here in Stockholm. I'm here for a week on a course, but yeah, let's get this started. We were talking about weather over the weekend. I went to a football game when it was Baltic, windy and cold conditions. But then you sent us a picture of the snow in Norway about three hours beforehand because it was sleeting where I am in the UK on on Saturday morning. So I thought, yeah, you win. It looks colder, but it looks more picturesque. It was absolutely freezing at football. It's the coldest I've been for a long while at a football game. But yeah, it took me probably until Sunday morning to warm up again. <laughs> well, that was actually West Sweden, actually. <laughs> oh, were you in Sweden at the time, not Norway? No. Yeah, no, it was it was city north of Gothenburg uh, with the Valla. It looked but, it looked yeah. lovely. It looked very picturesque. Yeah. You win. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. We always win when it comes to the snow. <laughs> yeah, you do, especially in the Scan- Scandinavian countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yesterday, Roma won Serena nil. Um, I got my prediction right. <laughs> you sent me a WhatsApp message straight after the game and said, great prediction. Um, I thought it would happen. Um, as it was noted uh, in, the pre- in the preview pod that we did on Friday evening, that uh, Torino, the last three away games were all 1-0 defeats at uh, Napoli, AC Milan and Spezia. You can now add a fourth to that with Roma as well. Um Imran, Torino dominated the game for large parts, but Roma did well defensively. Um, I can imagine that Jose did these tactics because he wasn't too confident with the midfield, especially after Lorenzo Pellegrini's uh, Pellegrini's injury, which is now going to take him out of action until the new year. Um, What were your thoughts on the game? It was like the British commentators were quite cautious on Jose's approach I think as you play against the Ivan Juric side you can't go gung-ho no you can't uh, also due to the fact like you mentioned we lost Pellegrini so it was a bit more difficult to control the midfield uh, <clears throat> with possession at least so I was a bit surprised that uh, Carlos Perez came in as a substitute uh, because that means more counter but uh, let's focus on possession uh, so that's probably the reason why we had I think yeah it differs from some website but 31 to 32 percent mm. possession which is uh, which is actually <laughs> shockingly low but I think that was uh, that was the intention from Mourinho as soon as uh, uh, yeah, when we lost uh, Pellegrini he didn't want to take too many risks and uh, when you play with the th- when you play with the three uh, three four yeah whatever you call it but three men at the back when you play with that one you get more defensive stability you 
you expose yourself uh, less and you risk um, your risk for conceding counterattacks are you know hugely reduced so uh, so I, I think it was it was a calculated risk taken by Mourinho uh, because if you look at the game uh, despite controlling possession they were not really able to materialize that into something productive uh, in terms of yeah, they didn't score any goals, uh, but um, I wasn't too threatened by their goal chances either. I didn't think they created that much. No, they were very, very easy on the eye, very pretty on the ball. I thought Thomas Pabega and uh, Bongiorno and the Czech defender Zemo, who came on at halftime, looked quite comfortable on the ball. They, I think... When Ivan Juric gets this right, I think Torino will be a very, very good team to watch, hopefully in the new year. But later on in the game, they did lose Andrea Bellotti to an injury, which looked quite serious. I'm just hoping it's not a bad one that might keep him out into the new year. Um, but yeah, Roma looked quite defensive for the first half hour. Then the goal came, and then Roma looked quite dangerous, which lead, led to the penalty claim. And then the five minutes, 20 seconds on VAR for the the heel offside. I tweeted the pick out because it was, they didn't even show the replay until added time, the end of added time. Um, it was a strange one because on pictures, it showed that when the ball was played, Tammy Abraham, to be honest, Abraham was offside. I will squash that. He was. But yeah, it was just by the minimal call, Five minutes, 20 seconds, like VAR was brought in just to stop the howler, not yeah. go into the most minimal, like, calculations. If it was, it was offside, it was offside, but that was five minutes and 20 seconds, and it was agonising. But in the end, it was offside. But it, these things not need to stop. You've got to let the game flow. Like these type of incidents, it is killing the game, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and this was the longest, uh, the longest of violence taken to make uh, to the you know make a decision until it was since it was introduced. So it was um, it was. Uh, first, you thought you thought they were taking the pits because it was, <laughs> you know, it was five minutes and twenty seconds, like you said, you know. And if they see an offside, just blow the offside. Mm. Uh, but I think it was uh, they were a bit hesitant because of the fact that they got a penalty, so it was going to be decisive one way or another for either advantage Torino or us. Uh, but still, uh, it was it was too long time, and I don't think it. Uh, I mean it. It comes down to these minor details. I don't think that's what VAR was introduced for. It was more, like you said, the more obvious errors. And uh, if if they, let's say, if you look at this decision from yesterday, they spent five minutes, 20 seconds to decide whether it was offside or not, right? Mm -hmm. And if you, what I found a bit hilarious and amusing is that the decision which gave penalty against Venezia. I mean, the two, two the the penalty which led to two two. Yes. That one, uh, that one, they decided not to go look at VAR. Why? Because it was not an obvious error. And how was yesterday's offside an obvious error? I mean, if they, if it had to take them five minutes to decide whether it was offside or not, then 
it is not an obviouser and it's it's you you're polishing it down to so minor details that even even if you show it okay his leg was yeah, I mean his foot was probably a millimeter or two offside uh, perhaps a bit more but it doesn't show uh, how accurate can you be judging uh, when the ball when the ball was played or you know uh, in his direction the exact moment it left it's really difficult to decide because if you have these slow motion pictures which are not of high quality we've seen it before uh, in some of the decisions early in the season so it's tight uh, it could have gone either way but I, I don't understand the logic I'm still struggling to understand the logic behind uh, the decision making and this is an uh this has increased my frustration uh, with VAR because I feel that it wasn't like this when it was first introduced. I liked it more when it was introduced in the beginning, the first two seasons. Um, I felt that it helped a lot and it was a better it was better flow during the games. We didn't have these uh, you know these five minute uh, stops in the games for something. Uh, down to so small details. So, personally, I don't know if it's right, but my inst- uh, instant um, reaction is that I don't think this is what what should be all about. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, it's brought in like in other sports, like in tennis, and a sport we both mutually like in cricket, where you mm. get uh, you get the review system, and also in in, in, in cricket where it's brought in for the howler and you do get the odd mistake from umpires and referees and it's just like with football it's with VAR it's it has to be down to the minimalist contact isn't it like with the new handball law and the new offsides and everything like that VAR was brought in as you said for clear and obvious error and as you said where was the clear and obvious error in the incident yesterday it, there wasn't. He was marginally mm. offside. Tammy Abraham is a little bit taller than I think it was Gigi. There is a there, yeah. there is a height difference. Someone did mention that in my mentions yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's. It, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can say it was marginally offside because that was the picture they released. Yes. But okay. Fair if enough. If it if it if it was marginally offside, then they should have decided. Um, you know, it should have been a matter of thirty seconds. Mm. But, Top one minute. Uh, the only thing I can um, I can hold against it and give them you know benefit of the doubt is um, perhaps they were struggling to get a good picture. And okay, yeah. Once Fair again, enough. I don't know. I, I I don't think that it should have taken five minutes in 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 any case whatsoever. No, no. I th- as you said, it it really shouldn't have, and it is as. It's the longest one we've seen since fire was introduced. When was that? Twenty eighteen. 2017 18 yeah. season, I think. Yeah, I, I, I or, think it was 18, you could 18 19, yeah. yeah. And, and almost three, four seasons uh, later, they still can't implement it properly. Um, it's, or it's, it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. My, at least for now, it's going in the right, wrong direction. I think it's not how it's used. I think it's the referees in the VAR room and how they implement the laws, but that's. Uh, a topic for another discussion in Italian football uh, and probably <laughs> European football. We could probably do a, a two-hour discussion on VAR and Roma this season. 
he says, talking yeah, about the Yeah, it's event. a sensitive topic. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it raised his ugly head yesterday. It's just, it baffles me why it take, it took so long. And I think it was quite annoying on the British commentary I got over here. They were asking the same questions, but no. Yeah. We, we won't talk and we won't divulge into more because it will be like pulling teeth. We might do a VAR episode about Roman 2021-22 season at a later date, but no. Um, second half was more the same. Torino did come out and try to attack more. They looked a bit more adventurous on the ball. Um, I thought their midfield played pretty well, but Roma did, at times counter-attacked and looked very effective. I think Jose did get his subs right in the, at the end because he was trying to close out the game. Um, I thought Chris Morning was was one of the best players on the pitch. He did an excellent man-marking job on Andrea Bellotti. Um, but how did you see the second half? Because it did get tense at times. Um, Torino did pull on two attackers in Zaza and ex-Roma player Tony Sanabria. Um, yeah, and it may have got a bit scary at the end. There was a there was a handball claim, and Rui Patricio did have to make one or two good saves. But were you confident in the second half? Roma could eke it out, and did you have any worries? I know you didn't really see anything going forward, but in the back of your mind, uh, with us being three, uh, us Roma fans, we're always pessimistic, and we always see the worst things happening, um, yeah. <laughs> especially what's gone, especially what's gone on this season. Yeah, but I think we did much better uh, than we have done um, in other games where we have had a narrow lead going into mm. the final five ten minutes. We managed to we managed to close out, uh, keep it tight behind there, not uh, allowing them too many chances. Well, the chance, the few chances that they got uh, were you know shots on goal from distance. That was uh, the only way for them to try. So I agree with you, Chris Molling. Very good uh, in central defense, and um, he he gave uh, his presence was uh, an assurance. He gave you know positive, um, transmitted positive uh, and calmness behind the, uh, to both Ibanez and Mancini. Mm. So I think his presence was important. Important. It allowed also Ibanez to be a bit more offensive, advance with the ball. Which uh, did his uh, his uh, initiative did actually indirectly lead to the goal because it was his pass to Mikitaya which uh, led ultimately to the goal. Mm. So I think his um, it, it allowed him to to be a bit more offensive, uh, and he's uh, uh, he's also uh, becoming. Um, good in this new formation, I would say, despite having played it before, because we're playing um, a modified version or a customized version of it uh, under Mourinho. So uh, defensively, we're looking good, and it, it, it's a bit surprising. But <laughs> if you look at the goals conceded, we have the third best defense in Serie A after Napoli and Torino. Ironically, they conceded. Oh, wow. Torino have considered 14 goals and we've considered 15. And Napoli, uh, is, Napoli is only... Well, it wasn't six or something, yeah. seven, something like that. I, I think they've only conceded and, uh, two at home or something like that. It's something ridiculously all season. Yeah, and I, if I'm not mistaken now, according to the commentator yesterday, 
I think only Napoli have more clean sheets in Serie A this season than us. Uh, so um, it was just that when we first conceded, we conceded a lot of goals. I think that's the reason why we start. We became a bit worried with the defense. But it was like we discussed in the previous uh, episode. First of all, this uh, three-back uh, uh, line gives this team uh defensive um defensively they will they look much stronger um, they don't concede that many chances uh, and they look very comfortable uh, behind the very tight uh, and it gets the best out of them uh both defensively and i would say offensively as well because it allows uh Karstor and El Sharawi to be more offensive. Mm. They were the wing backs, and um, uh, so and you don't. This formation doesn't require as much defensive contribution from Zaniolo and Abraham, um, contrary to what it would have if uh, Zaniolo played on the right wing. So I think also we have to speak about Zaniolo in his new role. That was uh, my ne- that was my next topic actually. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So. We can just get to it. I can just yeah, just uh, yeah. It's a nice caveat. Take yeah. it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in my opinion, um, he he continued uh, from where he left off uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't get as much space, but still, when he first had the possession, he was uh, very aggressive, lively, able to create chances, and the. Uh, the chance where he, you know, just skipped the ball and let it go to uh, Abraham. Good move. The only thing I would hold against him is sometimes, or too often, it's frustrating to see his decision-making where, you know, he can be a bit more... Um, he can be a bit more... Uh, he, can, he can have the possession too much. He should just let the... Uh, uh, or be passed to let some of the players, uh, but unfortunately, he has a tendency to break some of the counterattacks, uh, which can lead to great chances. That's the only thing I would hold against him. I think he will get better, but I think also it's um, it's a mental thing where he feels that he probably needs a goal in Serie A. He hasn't scored since that six-one goal against Pal, I think, uh, in Serie A. Oh my God! So, that was last last July. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been it's been a long time, uh, but he he I think he's uh, this new role will suit him very well, uh, and uh, especially because uh, under this free role he's able to link up with other players. I mean, he's he's very quick. He's he can advance very you know uh, very quickly with the ball. You have Mkhitaryan who does the same. So the new formation gives them more. Uh, I think it gives them more important roles, and um, it gives gets the best out of them, allows them to be more influential, more important um, in the attacking part of the game. Because it was obvious that in the previous formation it was not working as we would have. Like so, it led to a lot of frustration. But this one now, at least, it gives us defensive stability, and also going forward, 
we have the quality to make chances and if we keep applying pressure we know that we can score goals I've got a couple of questions about the new formation, which I'll add at the end, but I want to talk about Zaniolo and another player who I thought played pretty well yesterday, even though he's been out in the in the cold because he was one of the six players. Was it six players or was it five players who were out in the cold? Um, Amadou Diawara came in for his first start of the season. I think he had a slow start to the game, but he played really well at the end and was really pivotal to to Roma's defensive performance yesterday evening, where he, he made some in in uh, like some good challenges right at the end. He made some some crucial blocks right near the ending to clear the ball, and I think he did a really good job screening the back three in the in the final. Of like last half hour 45 minutes because the first half I thought he was like he tried to press high but he didn't know what to do because Roma were trying to sit deep and be combative and like try and hit them on the counter attack but what were your thoughts on Diawara after his first start of the season yesterday um, I think he played good uh, like you said um, yesterday he looked like the ideal man to have in front of the three defenders mm. and uh, comfortable on the ball uh, and some really good interceptions in I would say dangerous areas which could have potentially led to dangerous chances and um, he did quite well there and he it was just not that it was just the work rate the way he threw him in himself into challenges and at times I was surprised how I mean his uh, his success rate in uh, winning those challenges so Overall, uh, a very positive performance, uh, and I would say a match which suited him yeah. perfectly. Yeah, I think he might be crucial on Wednesday, especially with the news of Lorenzo Pellegrini's injury when he's out for, I think it's 30 to 40 days with a, a muscle muscle injury. Uh, I think he's in the quad, which I saw earlier, which is a big blow for Roma's midfield, especially when you've got, VR and Cristante out with COVID, but I think they're looking to have them both back for the inter game on Saturday, which is the which we're saying the games are coming thick and fast at the at the like the winter part of the season going into the new year. Um I wanted to ask you about the the three man back line. As Roma have four fit centre halves and they can use Brian Cristante as a as a libero, do you see Jose now going into the the winter transfer market to look at another centre back as cover. It's a good question. Uh, it's a good question because it wasn't uh, as relevant earlier in the season because we played four mm. in central defence. I don't think so. Uh, I think uh, obviously Cristante is not the best option there because I think it was. Uh, it was obvious against Venezia that he is a central midfielder, although he did well dropping deep. We did play a three-man defense uh, there as well, but it was first. I mean, after the after the international break, that we saw the difference um, in having three natural central defenders who can who know the defensive part of the game. I mean, if if the defensive part of the game where the strength lies, this is the this is the defensive stability you get and this is the consistency in the performances you get. Uh, once again, defensively, uh, three games, no conceded goals and uh, three victories. Three, uh, victories. So, 
so I, I don't think so. I because remember we have Kumbola there. If we get mm. uh, injury on um, one of the other ones, he did uh, he did quite well uh, against Genoa. Although at times he was uh, exposed. So I, I think if Kumbola is to play, it would be better to play him in the central. Central, yeah, lack, with the lack of pace, yeah. Exactly, because if he plays in one of the other two positions, he will get exposed because there you are You are supposed to provide cover for the wing-back as well. Uh, and yesterday, um, you saw that um, Ibanez was doing that quite a lot. Yeah, with Al Shawari on the left, yeah. Yeah, but he has a physical characteristic. He's yeah. quick. He's uh, really good at you know intercepting challenges. Uh, being quick, uh, uh, so his strength in interceptions is what, and, and also the timings. He can sometimes get them wrong, but uh, his timing is uh, good as well. He's good one on one. The same cannot be said about Kumbula. So, in the three man defense, I think he's uh, better suited in in the central uh, central defense of the three. So, so yeah. Uh, your question about the general signing, I don't think so. I think okay. the priority lies elsewhere. Maybe a right, a right wing back. A right wing back first and foremost, and then probably a central midfielder. Uh, midfielder, if we can, uh, if we can afford it. But I think um, right wing back. Kasop no. is uh, the only option, real option there right now, mm. and he's uh, the, the amount of running he's doing every game. You would. Uh, you know, fear for some injury or, you know, his fatigue, uh, level of fatigue, because he just plays too much, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think uh, Mourinho has trust in Brian Reynolds, unfortunately. I think Reynolds will go out on loan. Uh, we'll uh, caveat your question about Kumbula. Um, I, I got asked this on social media after the game on yeah. Thursday. Um, do you think if Kumbula and Smalling play together in a three, who would you prefer to play in the centre? It would have to be small and wouldn't it because of his pace. But ideally, you don't want them to play each play with each other in a back three. You rather have, say, Mancini, Small in the Banyas or Mancini, Kumbula and Banyas because you've got pace and cover in a Banyas on the left hand side. I think it depends on the opponent. Oh, position also, play, yes, yeah. If you're gonna play Inter. Uh, you rather the Banyas. Uh, then either options could work because yeah. Inter, as far as I know, they're not that known for having. Uh, now they don't have any quick uh, wingers. But if it was not Dumfries, Dumfries is quick though, but he's not really starting. Well, he might yeah, start yeah. on Saturday. He's quick. He's quick, but he's not. Uh, He's not a winger type of quick, you know, he's not so technical uh, and uh, uh, his dribbling abilities are not the best. He's more like, uh, yeah, normal right wing back who's quick. But I would more, I was more worried about... Uh, Napoli, as you said, yeah. Uh, Napoli, we played Napoli already, but if Napoli, if we play Napoli, I would definitely have uh, Smalling on the left uh, side of the defenders and play, uh, and play Kumbula in the centre because... Um, Osman is good, so once again, he's quick as well. So it, it would it would be a bit difficult, but I think 
I would have taken that risk. Oh, perhaps oh, I have to take it back. It's it's, it's a difficult one because okay. yeah, I was in that. Uh, but usually, what I what I would how I would think would be that um, if uh, if you play a team with uh, uh, three yeah four one or three man defense with two strikers and uh, not uh, pacey wingers, then I would play Kumbula on the on the left. But uh, if it was uh, if it was otherwise four two three one like Spalletti does. Then it would be a bit more difficult to defend because you would need to uh, cover up on the left side with an extra man, uh, and then I think it would have been a bit difficult with Kumbula if he's considered. Uh, the only issue I have is his pace, and uh, apart from that, tactically he can improve. He can become really good. He has all those other abilities, and he had a really good performance. Mm. But still, I I'm not sure he has. What what it takes to be uh, uh, a consistent uh, first team regular for Rome. I might be wrong, uh, but as for now, I think uh, he perhaps would benefit uh, by a loan spell on a mid-table Serie team where he plays and improve uh, improves with the regular playing time. I think that's. That's where his priority should be next season. Yeah, I was thinking get get through this season where he can like adapt more to Jose's style of football, and then next season, if push comes to shove, we might have but to he, loan, he, loan him out. He, yeah, but he's a he has been a difficult player to read because uh, he, he's a player that uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of expectations around. He had a good start last season. Scored against Milan, scored in the Europa League. Yeah, young boys. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, he was more consistent under Fonseca, but I think that's also due to the fact that he was playing in the three-man defense, and mm. that's the formation which suits him best. I think that's the only formation he has played uh, in during his professional career, apart from the first few months of the Marino now, and he really struggled there um, because. Yeah, he's not the ideal player to have if you're going to play a high defensive line. Mm. And we saw that against Buda Glimpse. He's too slow. Too so, yeah. He was getting exposed, you know, uh, uh, yeah, a lot. It was, it was, it was shocking. Eh? <laughs> yeah, Solbach so, and, and Botheim tore him yeah. some shreds. So, yeah, so the three-man defense is good for him. So he's, he's an option going into, uh, I mean, the last uh, part of the season, he can be an option. So my priority would be definitely, like I said, the right no. wing back. No, that's fine. That's fair enough. I just had that inkling and that thought because people would... I thought he played really well on Thursday. I think him and Smallin... I think Smallin helped him a lot on Thursday. And having yeah. and Smallin back, um, I think rotating going forward, I don't think Chris Smallin will play on Wednesday. I think I have a feeling he'll play against... Into Milan on Saturday, and this will be a good caveat to preview the game on Wednesday. So Roma are away at Bologna um, Wednesday evening, half past five kickoff here in the UK, half past six Central European time. Uh, Bologna uh, are coming off three wins and three defeats in their last six games. They did win at the weekend away at Spezia, but they did lose against Venezia on the first game back after the 
the November international break and they have lost against Napoli and also AC Milan in that wonderful six goal thriller with two red cards but uh, Bologna have beaten uh, Sampdoria and I think it may be Calorie also in the six games so they're ninth 21 points they're joint ninth slash six between three other clubs in Lazio, Juventus and Fiorentina. So they've had a good solid start this season under Sinisa Mihailovic. And just remembering, man, this fixture this time last season, Roma were 5-1 up at half-time and won the game 5-1. So anything can happen. Um, what's your thoughts going into the game on Wednesday? It could be a, a, a bit of a tough game against a team who are a bit inconsistent at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I will still say you never know which Roma you will get. Yes, yeah, Some which Roma cautious. turn out. But uh, what, we we are seeing a pattern, especially in defense, that they are playing better. The three-man defense is working, so that's still encouraging going into the game. I would expect something similar. Uh, formation-wise, I would expect um, more or less similar to what we saw yesterday. Uh, I think Zaniola would play as the second striker. Mm, agreed. And uh, Mkhitaryan and is the number ten. Mkhitaryan or slash, there. yeah. Yeah, and then Dia Diawara. And Veratu's back. Gerald and Veratu's back, back yeah, after so suspension. Diawara yeah, back to the bench then. Bench then. Um, Would you play so that midfield three slash five? I reckon it could be Diawara, Veratu, and Mkhitaryan. So with no, I think it would be I think it would be uh, Veratu and Mkhitaryan. Okay, and then yeah. uh, Carlos Perez is as a number ten, and then or Mkhitaryan as number ten, yeah. and then. Uh, I'm just trying to calculate in my head uh, <laughs> the, the number of players we will have on the field. I think that's where I'm. Okay, so three, we'll have wing back five, so yeah, five more. So it would be three there and two. So yeah, it could be the Avara, very two. Yeah, I think that'd be a good combo against Bologna in no, the field. Yeah. Uh, Mkhitaryan, yeah. Pellegrini, and then Zaniolo and uh, Abraham, Abraham on top. top. Yeah, 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 you're right. That could be that. That could be the way to line up against uh, Bologna. I expect a tight game. I, I expect uh, uh, Bologna to be um, a bit cautious in the beginning. Try to uh, build something. Yeah, uh, slowly, uh, slowly, slowly, and then uh, hoping that it culminates into something. Something. Yeah. Something huge. Try to create some momentum, like they've been doing. They scored, I think they scored some late goals, uh, and they can be on their day. They can be really dangerous uh, at home. So we have to look out, avoid conceding the early goal, and then I think um, it could be something. It's a, it's a difficult away game, but uh, we need to win. We need to keep building on this. Uh, a streak of three victories, which we need to make four going into the into, into the game. game. Yeah, so they won late 
on Sunday afternoon away at Spezia. Marco Arnautovic, who is the club top goal scorer for the for Bologna this season, he's yeah. got six in Serie A and seven overall with one assist. He scored three in his last four games, and he scored three in the three. I think it's the three wins that they've had in their last four games. So he yeah. scored. He scored from the penalty spot. There is. Um, I'm a bit worried about the midfield because Nicola Dominguez is a very good player. Nicolas Dominguez, a good player from yeah. Vélez. And uh, they've got Svanberg, they've got Shelton, um, so they can have an Aaron Hickey on the left-hand side. He, yeah, he's good. He's a really talented player. And if Scotland didn't have Robertson and and Tierney, um, he could be in the shout for a Scotland call-up. But I wouldn't surprise me if he'd be in the Scotland national team squad in the next 18 months because he's really adapted really well to Italian football over the last 18 months. And it's, yeah, yeah and it's, sorry, I have yeah. 18 months. What am I talking about? About 14, 15 months. He's going to be a really good player going forward. I'm, I'm like you. I'm a bit cautious. I will see how Roma set up because you never know which Roma is going to turn up. Now under Jose, it could be the swashbuckling one we got to see on Thursday, and then you've got to see the more pr- uh, cautious one, which we're trying to hit on the counter-attack against a very good football inside on Sunday. So tomorrow it could be a bit of both, but as I said earlier, remember under Fonseca last season, Roma just absolutely obliterated Bologna in the first 20-25 minutes, and I think they were 4-1 up with just the most electrifying counter-attacking football I've seen under under Fonseca that season it was just glorious to watch and I'm just thinking could we see it again or could we see a bit more cautious from Mihailovic because at times in his reign he's gone a bit gung-ho and been caught out remember earlier in the season they got beat 6-1 at the San Siro by Inter Milan I think he's just gone back to a back three looked more solid the results have been a bit inconsistent but they've got this foundation where it, they might be a bit harder to break down, so I wouldn't surprise me if we see a draw tomorrow, but uh, sorry, Wednesday, but could see a result going in our favour. It would be perfect going into the Inter Milan game on Saturday and then to the Europa Conference League and then the Spezia game the following Monday, but just hoping we can get eke a result away out in, in Bologna. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, we... Like we said uh, ahead of yesterday's game, we just have to. We're in a position if we want to finish top four, we we have to win. We're three points behind Atalanta. We're gonna mm. play Venezia tomorrow. It will be probably six. I, I, Maybe six points. I think, I think it will be an easy victory for uh, Atalanta tomorrow. So we, we just have to win, and uh, I hope we will do it. But. What we are seeing, in, especially in Serie A, at least uh, uh, since the international break, is that the games have been very tight, mm. and uh, we have not panicked. Uh, we have kept uh, a good balance in the team throughout the game. I would say uh, the Genoa game was a bit tricky because we didn't concede until we didn't score until a bit late in, late in the game, but still we kept a very good. Uh, balance in defense and uh, that was a bit different from what we did against Venezia because we panicked and sacrificed uh, the defense, defensive stability for attacking uh, more, play yeah, yeah it, it was more a, uh, it was more a reaction to conceding that goal 
uh, which may you know which made us panic and um, the the amount of attacking players we threw in it just disrupted the whole balance, mm. which led to considering that uh, goal and counter attack. So I think we will be more. I hope at least we will be more. Uh, uh, balanced uh, and the last three games suggest that we will be there are good indicators uh, that this uh, it will continue through this pattern and I think this is a reason to be optimistic we just have to avoid conceding uh, an early goal because mm. that would uh, create some panic in the team and uh, which could ultimately lead to, you know, conceding more counterattacks against. Um, so, uh, but I am fairly optimistic, I would say. I and there are reasons to be that, judging from the previous game. But like you said, uh, could end in a draw too. Could end in a draw. Uh, a zero-zero game is not. Uh, it's not unthinkable uh, based on how these two teams play, and. Uh, so yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't mind a draw. This could be the a potential banana skin. Oh, not a banana skin, but Lonya are a much better side than they have been in they previous are. seasons. Yeah, and um, they, they massacred some... uh, Lazio too. I think three zero or something like that earlier mm. in the season. They did, and they beat them in February as well when Chiro Mobley missed the penalty. But yeah, um, that was a good day. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it, it should be a, it should be a close encounter. Um, we always try and be optimistic, but sometimes being a Roma fan, you have to be pessimistic, and then you don't know which side is going to turn up. But I've seen a change in the way we play in the last couple of games, and it's really good to see that he switched to this formation and things are looking good going forward Roman look very good defensively and a little a look more solid and he's got the best out of players in this switch which I think was needed because Roma looked too open in the 4-2-3-1 with a, with a lack of yeah. defensive midfielder and with one of your best creative players stunted out on the right where he can play but he needs the ball to to run at players but switching him into the center it's it's worked really really well and i'm really looking forward to the game on wednesday now (laughs) yeah we are and i was just going to draw a parallel to antonio conte during his first season at chelsea he also started with a four-man defense which wasn't working he insisted for a few games, and then when he changed to the three-man defense, that was uh, the moment where he you know, completely played, changed yeah. the game. It gave them defensive stability, um, and from that, he he was able to build something you know, going forward. Ended up with him winning the Premier League in his first season. I'm not saying we're going to do it here, but I'm just saying that... Um, uh, this is a formation where if you want to get your basics right, uh, you have to start with the defense. Because mm-hmm. if you have a strong defense, you will build a good fa- foundation, a good um, uh, basics for uh, uh, for whatever you are going to face in the upcoming games. And if you have a good defense, you can always uh, score chances. But if you leak goals like the way we were doing with the four-man defense, then become difficult uh, so it remains to be seen uh, because we don't have we still have 
limited squad in terms of quality compared to our opponents. But I think I think it could be interesting uh, going forward from here, and uh, the defensive stability could uh, could really give a morale boost to the team. No, completely agree. Um, I think we've pretty much talked about enough about the two games of one of Sunday and one coming up on Wednesday. Uh, guys, you can find us on previous episodes on lemagicast.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. So, yeah, Apple Podcasts, yeah, Stitcher, your SoundCloud, your Spotify, Podbean. I spot, I, I botched that so badly because I'm, I'm thinking about my dinner in a minute because I'm so hungry. <laughs> um, Imran. <laughs> Thank you for joining me with on this Monday evening. We did try and do this on another platform, but we had some technical issues trying to sort this out. But we will try and do more pods on that platform. Um, thank you for joining me on this Monday evening in in snowy Stockholm. Thank you. No, it's no stock snow in Stockholm, but uh, it's cold. <laughs> cold, almost the same. I was going to say the same yeah. thing, but it probably will start snowing at some point in the week. Probably will. Yeah, coming up Thank into you. the winter. No, no worries. It was. We had a really good discussion and a really good breakdown on the on the game on yesterday and the game coming forward and a, a nice breakdown on the the tactical setup. Um, guys, thank you for joining us and some big games coming up: Bologna, Inter. Uh, game in Bulgaria, Spezia, and then it's Atalanta, which that's going to be a fun game on a Saturday afternoon. Sadly, that's not broadcasted in the UK because of the blackout, but hey ho. Uh, always remember, Fossa Roma, and ciao. Ciao.